You a Bigfoot guy, Mark? Uh, size 11. But and you, you, you must have known I was going to say that. I honestly, I'm not a dad. This is not how you I think. It did not have occur seen to me. That coming. Did not see the dad joke coming. That's on me. All right. Well, but let's take the question in the spirit it was intended. Am I sure. a Bigfoot guy? Um, I like the idea of Bigfoot. I enjoy. Okay. I enjoyed. Uh, now, now then, okay. we spoke about Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles yesterday, didn't we? We did. Yes. You, I believe, had a show called Harry and the Hendersons, yes? Yeah, we did. I was about to say, it's a movie, but no, it was a show as well, yeah. Well, let me tell you something. You know what that was called over here? Oh, gosh, what was it called? Bigfoot and the Hendersons. What? Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know. You tell me. They maybe, thought you were going to be confused by it? Why, yeah. why is that Bigfoot called Harry? He should be called Bigfoot. Know. It's like, you know, you had to have the Sorcerer's Stone and we had to have Bigfoot and the Hendersons. Yeah, okay. I guess that's fair. <laughs> I think that's also that because we're dumb and none of us know yeah. what the Philosopher's Stone is. If I were to speculate now, I would say that it was a kind of a grab for viewers. I think they okay, thought the movie yeah. viewers would be more likely to watch a show called Bigfoot and the Hendersons. Fuck me, this show's got right. a big... Mom, there's a Bigfoot coming up. <laughs> Um, but Harry and the Hendersons, what is this? Sounds boring. Yeah, maybe it's because, yeah, maybe the movie didn't hit as big over there. So, like, we already knew what to associate it with. And, like, they yes. have to introduce it to you this yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Uh, let I'm me a see. big fan of that. Other versions of Bigfoot? Let me see. I quite enjoy... I, I, I enjoy the idea of Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that, you know, the footage of the fucking... The, that grainy little bit of footage oh, yeah, of we'll the get fella, to that. the geezer, that's clearly just a bloke walking <laughs> in the woods. Dispute it. I enjoyed that. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, other versions of Bigfoot I quite like. Uh, no, that's it. I'm I'm fair nominally enough. a Bigfoot guy. I'm not anti-Bigfoot. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I've never been like a huge... Like, I've never been like invested in Bigfoot, really, even though it's like but a fun... But you're cryptids in general, aren't you? Yeah, like I like cryptids. I think Bigfoot is fun like as American folklore. Um, but like, I think the, pa the fact that people think they're real is like part of what takes the fun out of it. Cause like, of course there are people who think like Mothman or the Jersey devil are real, but the vast majority of us, like there's not really a question about it. It's just like, it's just a folk monster and we all celebrate it as such. Right. You're, you're the person to ask this question, right? Oh, okay. Is Bigfoot a Yeti? No. Or are they different? They're different. We'll get to that as well. I oh, know that's interesting. Cause I've, I've always considered him to be a Yeti. Yetis, okay, so Yetis are like snow Bigfoot, aren't they? Right, exactly. Whereas Big, so oh, oh, and by that same token, Bigfoot is like a forest Yeti. Right. What's a yeah. Sasquatch? That's a Bigfoot. Can a Sasquatch <laughs> also be a Yeti? No. They're two different things. Mm. So you see, you see why they had to call it Bigfoot and the Hendersons because. Right. I mean, look at all this confusion right here. You'd watch the show and be like, what is he, a Sasquatch? Is he is he a Yeti? I need this right. spell out for me. <laughs> That's or a really good Welsh. point. Well, yeah. we've we've figured it out. I mean, and this makes sense in a sense because, like I said, like the Sasquatch, Bigfoot, all that is American folklore, even though there are other versions of it in other places. This is specifically ours. Um, and, you know, of course finds it start in indigenous lore but we will get to that as well yeah um yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, just this sort of like parsing of evidence about the existence of Bigfoot and all that, like that never super interested me before. Um, but I'm actually going to talk about just that today. I want to chat with you about Sasquatch science. Cool. Yes. And I don't know, uh, after this, maybe you'll find yourself a, a Bigfoot believer, a Sasquatch sand, well, Stan. Look, I... I'm not, I'm not, put it like this, I'm more, I'm more ready to open my mind to Bigfoot than I am, like, Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could that convince seems fair, me. actually. You yeah. could produce some scat for me, mm -hmm. or like a clump right. of hair on a, on a twig. Yeah. On a, you know, on a branch, and maybe some scent, some musk mm -hmm. that doesn't conform to other animal kind of patterns, and sure. I'd be open to, yeah, all right. Right, yeah. Bigfoot agnostic. Oh, that's beautifully put. I can't remember if we've mentioned this before, but do, do you have in the UK, like, cute little songs about scat? Uh, well, obviously there's Scatman. Well, not or like that. <laughs> that's not, that's not what he's talking about. Different kind of scat. Yes. Or shit songs, shit rhymes. Yeah, but specifically, like, scat. For some yeah. reason... This is like very common in the United States. When I took outdoor education, we learned a scat song. Scat makes the world go round. The forest can't survive if it's not on the ground. So when I step in a lump of scat, I jump for joy and tell myself that's where it's at. And I've mentioned We're rocking and rolling here. We are. And I've mentioned this to other people and they're like, oh, I didn't learn that one, but I learned a different song about scat. And then they'll sing their scat song. I don't know why we love to sing about scat here. Uh, uh, well, we obviously there's a song where I was walking down the lane and I felt a sudden pain diarrhea. Is that the same? Well, sure. Yeah, no, we had that one for sure. But like that word, I'm talking animal. Do you remember me talking about, um, you know, how every school has the same version of mm -hmm. the My Little Pony song, but they finish it differently. Right. Finish that song for me. You're walking down the lane, you felt a sudden pain diarrhea. Over to you. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. But in fact, Anna, our dear pal Anna, posted she had found in a book in the library someone had printed mm. out their version of that song and it was in the book and it had like after diarrhea it had some sort of other refrain that definitely was not in the version that I'd learned I was like I think the verses are about right but there's like an extra line in here what what would be what next do, in yours well again depending on where you come from depending on who you ask it either um came from your bum like a bullet from a gun <laughs> Okay. Which is lazy. Now I think about it, yeah. rhyming the N with the M. It's not, it doesn't quite. Yeah. We also don't song. really use the word bum here. Bum. No, you don't do. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, probably not or, that. Or I think it could come from your ass like a bullet through the grass, which is interesting because okay. I think bullets, and I don't necessarily think of shooting it through no, greenery. But I guess, you know, you're a kid making this up. You're not necessarily thinking about like the. Yeah. You know, the actual physics or, or, or where you would be shooting a gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the artillery, the kind of the ordnance of, of it. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, these, these are early oh, here memes, we go. aren't they? These, these are early memetics. She had in her diarrhea song here, Anna, um, you love diarrhea as part of this. <laughs> so, for example, the uh, first verse of this. Uh, when you're riding in a sleigh and you hear something spray, when you're climbing up a mountain and your butt becomes a fountain, 
Beautiful. You're driving in your car and your house is just too far. When your stomach is in pain and it's making chocolate rain, oh, you love really good. diarrhea. Really good. Really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a pretty creative version. It, it makes the world turn around. Exactly that. So, you know, I think we've all learned Go something on. here today. Um, <laughs> too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> Anyways, so let's start talking about what Bigfoot allegedly is. All right. So the word Sasquatch that you brought up comes from the Salish Indian word Sasquets, which means something along the lines of hairy wild man. Yeah. Indigenous tradition, particularly of the Staelis tribe in British Columbia, tells of this tall, hairy man-beast and has for generations. Norwegian author Louise M. Gillock All explained that in indigenous folklore, quote, the sight of the powerful Sasquatch was apt to cause soul loss sickness, unconsciousness, mm. or upset stomach. Just the sight of uh, him. Yeah, I guess. And <laughs> You shit that, yourself like, so hard, you lose your soul. Right? It's like, you oh, you might get an upset tummy, or you might lose your soul. Those are, like, out, very different stakes. Out your freckle, your soul escapes through your fucking... <laughs> Diarrhea. Asshole. Diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the Staalis people don't think of Bigfoot as a bad guy, though. Uh, they actually see him as a sign of good luck, if you come across one. Uh, and they even have Sasquatch on, like, their tribal flag. Have I also heard him referred to as a mountain man? Or am I making that up? Mountain mm, man? I don't I don't know if I've heard that. That didn't come up in any of the things that I read okay, today. Okay, okay, okay. But okay. I won't rule out that that is a thing that exists. No, no. Um, but yeah, other cultures also have various Sasquatch-type creatures in their lore, including, of course, the Yeti or Abominable Snowman of the Himalayas. Yes. And less well-known, but with an incredibly perfect name, the Yowie Man. <laughs> Can you guess where that one's from? Because it feels very on brand once you know. The Yowie Man. Man. As in Y-O-W-I-E. Yep. Nah, sorry. You're gonna have to you have to help me out. That one's Australian. <laughs> of course it is. Of course so, it is. Yeah. The big hairy cant. <laughs> exactly. From the mountains. <laughs> Can you give Saving us a Yowie your shit Man? At your soil. Your soil? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was good. Um, but the first time we see white Americans getting into the lore is in 1882 in the Daily Colonist newspaper out of Vancouver, British Columbia. That story put forth that someone had actually captured a Squatch, which is a big claim. And obviously yeah, we have well, not one seen One person that. alone captured yeah. the fucking Captured a Squatch. Yeah, and then fuck. <laughs> And then told the paper about it. Uh, uh, where is he now? Oh, he got away. Right. Just it's, before you turned up. All right. He's out there with your <laughs> Oak Island tablet or whatever. <laughs> Can we see him? No. Nope. Can't see him. <laughs> uh, Bigfoot really hit the big time, though, in 1958 when giant footprints were discovered in Bluff Creek, California, by a man named Ray Wallace. And just right out the gate, I'm going to tell you, his children eventually revealed that the prints were a prank. Once Wallace died, he had used, yeah. like, big wooden footprints to make them. I, do you know, as you were saying that, I was picturing exactly that on <laughs> sticks. Big, yes, exactly. Big wooden feet yeah. on or sticks. Or, like, stilts, a stilt of some kind with a, with a fake right. foot on it. <laughs> but it wasn't until 2002 that they revealed this. Uh, and the Sasquatch had been out of the bag way too long to put it back just because, you know, of a yeah. little old hoax. Yeah. Now, the basic structure of the legendary cryptid, according to National Geographic, is something like this. It's about 
eight feet tall, weighs at what are what are you laughing sorry. at? Sorry, sorry, Kurt, please continue. <laughs> it's about eight feet tall, weighs around yeah. eight hundred pounds, and has feet twice the size of a human's. Which mm. like I have like you have feet twice the size of mine. And so like when I think of that, I'm like, that's not that big. <laughs> Guess it's not talking about humans like me. <laughs> but it walks upright and has shaggy hair. It's nocturnal. It's obviously quite shy. And it lives off of fruit and berries. These latter traits obviously serve to explain why we don't really encounter them. They don't want to be encountered. They come out at night and they're not vying for meat with us. Otherwise, they'd probably be snagging our livestock or leaving animal corpses around that would pretty quickly alert us to their existence. Yeah, so this has led me to wonder uh see in in all of my in all of my what, what i what i know of bigfoot is that it's just one guy that it's just the one of them oh no it's not one guy this is so that's an important thing this came up i didn't talk about this in here but this did come up in in one of the many sources like honestly i got almost to uh northwest passage level in my <laughs> researching of bigfoot today um but one of the uh articles that i read was talking about that like inherently if there is a thing, a creature like this that exists, there have to be more of them, uh, which, you know, is one of the things that causes trouble when you think about stuff like the Loch Ness exactly. Monster or, you know, yeah, big yeah, butter, yeah, like, yeah, things yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Like if there's only one, like it has to be deeply old, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty much impossible. Uh, and so if Bigfoot exists, there have to be like pods of Bigfoots or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's not just one dude. Bigfoot. It is. Yeah. I like Bigfoots, personally. Big, I but... prefer Bigfoots, actually, yeah. <laughs> Bigfoot. Um, <it's>... Yes. Big... <laughs> oh, there must be somebody out there called Big Hyphen Foot. There's got to be a man oh, sure. out there. Mr. Bigfoot. <laughs> Some of the last up. names of people that I came across in this research were pretty out there, so I'm sure there must be someone like that. Um going to get him on. Yeah. Make on the cast. <laughs> Yeah, while most folks associate Bigfoot with the Pacific Northwest in Canada, there are Bigfoot legends all over the United States. Texas, Wisconsin, Ohio, Arkansas, etc., etc. Lots of Bigfeetsmans. Mm. And since the Bigfoot craze took off in the 1950s, thousands of people have dedicated themselves to researching the cryptid. And there have been over 10,000 sightings over the past 50 years. Albeit with zero photos or videos captured. Or He's so quick. Well, <laughs> so fucking quick, these big feet. They're, yeah, they're fast guys. What are you going to do? Um, but that that's not entirely true if you believe the few images that do exist. But that's complicated, obviously. Mm. In 1967, we get the most famous and most parodied evidence of all. The Patterson-Gimlin film. And I'm sure you could describe to me exactly what it is without my having to show you, right? So the Patterson-Gimlin film. The Patterson-Gimlin film is... A just a series of it, maybe only like 30, 40 frames long, uh, black and white, grainy as shit. It's actually scratched. not black and white. This was corrected oh. in something I, that I'm I mistaken read. it for the Zapruder film. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, am. You know. I really am. Uh, there's a there's and... a couple hundred frames in the Zapruder film, but <laughs> yeah. So you're looking kind of in the distance amid some trees and you've got this big shaggy bastard and he's walking and he's kind of obscured past some trees and he kind of takes a little look back and then he's gone. 
that's the very one. And I'm sure all yeah. of you listening to this right now knew exactly which one I was yeah. talking about as well. The footage of the alleged Bigfoot walking in some brush and then turning mid-stride to look at the folks filming it. Millions of podcasts every single week. This is the only one that conflated the Zapruder <laughs> film with the Bigfoot. I think it's safe to say that, yeah. Safe to say. <laughs> Once again, folks, that's why you listen. <laughs> this is like one of my favorite clips from my old podcast, Electric Fan Cave, was when we had Sarah Benincasa on, who's an author and uh, writer and uh, like a like for shows and stuff like that. <clears throat> and she uh, she was saying something or about training her dog, right? And Kristen was like, "Oh yeah, like you need like Caesar Chavez to <laughs> help you with uh, training your dog." And we were both like, "What?" You know, Cesar Chavez, he comes to your house and he like fixes your dogs. And she was talking about Cesar Milan, the dog whisperer, not the right. famous I don't know labor who either of these people are, by the way. Okay, fair enough. Cesar Chavez was <laughs> Cesar Chavez was, was a lost. famous uh, labor, a Mexican labor rights activist in the okay. middle of the 20th century. <laughs> not a man who trains your dog. It's not going to train come your over. fucking cockapoo. Yes, exactly. Anyways, um, all that to say, uh, this film also happened to be recorded at Bluff Creek, uh, which is, you know, pretty convenient, considering the first Bluff Creek evidence was actually a hoax. So it's really lucky that they saw a real Bigfoot there where the other one had been. Very a lucky. hoax. Super lucky. Very, very, yeah. very lucky. <laughs> this is still considered super compelling evidence for a lot of Bigfoot believers, though. Okay. Like Idaho State University professor Dr. Jeff Meldrum, who talked to NPR about his book, Sasquatch, Legend Meets Science. And I should note that he doesn't like the term believers because that implies a lack of evidence. Well, that was that was a question I was going to ask, actually. Because uh, yeah. th there are like actu actual passionate Loch Ness believers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Surely mm -hmm. to fuck no one with a straight face is hunting for this these these guys. Are you kidding? Looking for actual... I, no, I'm not. I, oh, yes, yeah. this is a, a real... huge thing. Yes, not I'll a, get to that as well. No, it's not okay. a bit at all. Uh, in fact, like there are various researchers like Jeff Meldrum, who comes up in pretty much anything that you read about, like people trying to legitimize the search for Bigfoot. Um, Fucking and, wild, shit, you know, man. other other scientists and things like that. Like he's actually in his field. He is known for being extremely rigorous and good at what he does. But what other scientists criticize about him is like he does not apply the same scientific rigor to his research on Bigfoot <laughs> and is more likely to sort of, you know, uh, yes. accept lesser evidence than he would okay. in the rest of his work. Um, that, that absolutely blows my mind, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, aren't there, yeah, firstly, I mean, there can't be. Surely, you know, the, the, the America is quite well mapped. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah, I mean, to believe in any of this, you obviously have to think that they're quite stealthy in some way or other. They've got somewhere that they're burrowing or whatever. There are people who genuinely believe that they can turn invisible, and that's why we've never oh. seen them. Predator. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're pretty much the predator. Um, you know, people have all kinds of theories as for, you know, 
why we don't actually see them most being that they're just in very isolated places but yeah some people are like yeah it's because they turn invisible when there's people around so you know that's why we don't see them uh i don't think meldrum is amongst the people who think that okay, that's okay, the case okay. i think he thinks they're well hidden <laughs> um yep. you know there's folks who think that they're like extraterrestrial all kinds of stuff like that so there's like kind of varying degrees of kookery when it comes mm. to um the whole sasquatch thing um but he believes that there's plenty of evidence uh that sasquatches do exist and the patterson gimlin film is just one example to him going frame by frame of the video and zooming in should dispel our convictions that it's a man in a gorilla suit as you can see the musculature in the body as it moves a thing you wouldn't see from a bulky suit Further, the feet and the footprints associated with the incident are convincing, a thing he swears costumers have never been able to pull off, saying costume feet look like Bozo the Clown. For a Discovery Channel show, he went to Stanford University where they did a motion and gait analysis on the film and also brought in an actor to imitate the posture of the Squatch. He says that the actor could do it, but after considerable coaching. But the clear difference was, of course, that he wasn't seven feet tall. So, mm. checkmate, skeptics. Mm. Well, I'm convinced. One. Yep. <laughs> I mean, what more could you ask? One me white round, mate. But, like, that's exactly the kind of thing that, like, his critics are talking about. Like, again, he's apparently very good in his field. But, like, the idea that he's dismissing that it could be an actor because, like, oh, we had to coach him a lot to do that gate. Like, well, yeah, if, you, if you're trying to get anyone to walk like yeah, another yeah, yeah, person... You'd... Put a bit of it's time not, into it, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, it's not natural. Like, I couldn't walk like you. Like, you know, like, mm. it's, it's not a natural thing that we do. It would take a lot of coaching to get me to imitate your walk. So, yeah. you know. But you could. Yeah, like, Thera, if you spent enough time with me teaching me yeah. your gait, yeah, yeah, I could or, do you it. You know, like, Daniel Day-Lewis could fucking do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Or, you know, <laughs> fucking Paddy Considine. With enough work, he could, he could, he could right. do me. <laughs> I would love to see Patty Considine as you. That would absolutely tickle me. <laughs> well, he's actually my my. See, there are two. When I ask somebody who would you want to play you in, in the yeah. film of your life, I always ask them that in two parts. Mm. You've got the the mega budget Hollywood version or the film Ooh. four version. Okay. Uh, I don't have an answer for the mega budget version, but the film four version is Patty Considine. <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> I feel good about that. I think in any of them, it's probably just like scary spice for me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll come back to you on that. Yeah, we'll 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 come back to it. But anyway, um. Oh, Willow Nightingale. Oh well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> is that the the what did you call it? Channel Four or that's whatever. That's the Hollywood version. That's the Hollywood. Oh, version. that's the Hollywood version. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Anyways. Costumer Philip Morris told author Greg Long that he had, in fact, sewed the gorilla suit by hand in his basement. And Roger Patterson, for whom the Patterson-Gimlin tape is half-named, had purchased that suit for $435. Which is like a shit ton of money for like a, a shits and giggles in 1967. Mm. Uh, even now, that's a lot of money to spend on a prank. <laughs> but go big or go home, I guess. And it, it paid off, obviously, that they became famous for this. Um, but these gorilla suits were a hot ticket item for Morris because of a popular carnival trick in which, quote, a woman morphed into a crazed gorilla and sent patrons screaming from fair tents. I love that. <laughs> That's yeah, hilarious that that was such a common bit 
this guy was constantly <laughs> making gorilla suits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just absolutely perfect. Um, and Morris said that when asked how to make it more realistic, he advised using a stick to extend the arms, brushing the fur to cover the zipper, and wearing football pads to make the shoulders bigger, which is all exactly how it looks in the video. The sticks in the arms yep. explain why the lower part of the arms are so stiff in the still frame we've all seen. And it does look like someone wearing football shoulder pads. I would even call balls on his claim that, oh, you wouldn't be able to see musculature if it was a suit. Fuck off. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Again, predator. He looks muscly as fuck. And that's a suit. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's really again, it's him not really applying the same rigor to this as he would in another situation. You know, it does not pass the predator test. Right. (laughs) It doesn't pass the predator test. That should be the the official Bigfoot test. And it's like, you know, I think. You know how I've talked before about how, like, it's really easy to, like, talk yourself into, like, a suspension of disbelief. Like, I don't believe in ghosts, but if I go to a haunted house, I can suspend that disbelief and, like, have experiences or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. And it's like, if I subjected those experiences to the same rigor that I, like, subject other people's claims or things like that, like, certainly... I'd be like, there's an explanation for that or whatever. But like when you really want to believe something, you know, you kind of suspend all the stuff that you would use as that, you know, rigor to approach it. It's it's what it's what is always said about science v religion, isn't it? Science mm-hmm. doesn't claim that it knows how the fucking world began. Science doesn't claim to have all the answers. It's open to all right. but rigorously tested ideas. Exactly. Surely we can now rule out Bigfoot. Right. Well, I mean, that, but that is the thing about science, right? Is that, like, ultimately you can't prove something mm. doesn't exist. But the thing about science is, like, what's important is can you prove to me that it does, right? Exactly so, like, that. you can never fully prove there's no such thing as Bigfoot. But you can say there's no compelling evidence for that. So... Morris never heard from Patterson again after the call asking how to make it more realistic. But years later, he saw the footage while he was watching TV with his family and recognized that this was a suit <laughs> that he had provided. Um, and what I think is like just kind of charming about this guy is that like because he associated this with this like carnival trick, he kind of looked at it like a, a magic trick, like an illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. so instead of coming out and being like, hey, I made that, he was like, I just looked at it as a magic trick and I didn't want to like expose it, you know? So he just kept it to himself till, you know, decades later that like, oh, by the way, I made that. <laughs> um, and uh, so a man named Bob Hieronymus also claims that he's actually the guy in the suit and that Bob Gimlin told them they needed someone to wear it for a film they were making. Obviously, he had no idea their plan was to fool the whole world with fake Squatch footage and needing to make a buck, he was like, sure, why not? (laughs) But can you imagine you'd like, they give you like a hundo to dress in a suit and then later on that becomes the most famous Bigfoot evidence in the world. (laughs) You are forever in the cultural footprint of the world forevermore. (laughs) Right? Um, and, and sure enough, several of his relatives all confirm, confirmed that he had told them about this at the time. This wasn't like a later revision, like, hey, that was me. Like, they knew he had done mm. this weird shoot where he dressed up as a gorilla or whatever. What, what validation for that man's craft, though? I know, right? You know like, what I mean? You what fooled the world with your endorsement at how fucking good you 100%. are at what you do. And Beautiful. he, yeah, I can't remember which thing specifically, but he has made costumes and masks and stuff for like some very famous movies um, with 
excellent practical effects and stuff like that. So you've seen his work before as well. He went Predator? on to do a lot of, I don't think it was Predator, but maybe they should have called on him. Although I'm like, was it Predator? <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up again afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, maybe, wait, was that one of the ones? Um, there was at least one horror in there. Um, but anyways, <laughs> um, yet, in spite of all of that, Bigfoot believers still think the tape is real. Meldrum insists, quote, for him to suggest that is just wishful thinking on his part. Everyone in the film industry wishes they can do something as compelling as the Patterson film, but no one has. And Bigfoot researcher Lauren Coleman protests, Morris's costumes are fine for circuses, fine for movies, but the hair doesn't lie down in the same way as the hair shown in the Patterson Bigfoot on the live creature. So, you know, take that. As you will. Good God! <laughs> Even it's, in the face of the bloke who admit who made it, and right. all of the two people going, yeah, yeah. who were involved in it, separate from one another, didn't know each other, said the exact yeah. same things about this. I mean, but regardless of who you believe on the Patterson Gimlin flick, it's not only evidence that big researchers. It's not only evidence that Bigfoot researchers look to back up the existence of Bigfoot. Amongst the central forms of evidence they look for are, of course. Big footprints, uh, but also bits of hair. Enix, huh? S well, scat. scat actually didn't come up, I think, because it's just they clearly have never found anything like that. <laughs> so, okay. you know, it's hair and feet is pretty much what they go for. Um, inexplicably huge footprints have been found in many places, and re researchers go to great lengths to examine them and determine to whom they could belong. Take police investigator Jimmy Chilcutt, who has examined more than 150 casts of alleged Bigfoot prints. He doesn't think they're all winners, but he points to a 1987 print taken in Walla Walla, Washington, as the one that's made him a true believer. Of the print, he said, quote, The ridge flow pattern and the texture was completely different from anything I've ever seen. It certainly wasn't human, and of no known primate that I've examined. The print ridges flowed lengthwise along the foot, unlike human prints, which flow across. The texture of the ridges was about twice the thickness of a human, which indicated that this animal has a real thick skin. For Meldrum, it's a print from Gifford Pinchot National Forest taken in 2000 and known as the Skookum Cast that stands as the clearest evidence. The impression was apparently made by something laying down to retrieve some fruit, and thus... You can see forearm impressions along with a thigh, its butt, an Achilles, and a heel. Mm, I'd like Mel to see that print. <laughs> I would, yeah. None of these had photos of any of these. And Meldrum keeps like a, like, he has the footprint library. He's got like 200 big footprints. Um, I'd, I'm sure there's somewhere you can probably see them. But in all of the articles that I read, there was never a picture of any of this. And that one definitely, I'm You'd like, I want to see that. wouldn't you? You'd expect. That's what they are. Yeah, they're, they're big casts of the, <laughs> of the footprints, not photos. Yeah. Um, so Meldrum explained that the print is 40 to 50% bigger than a normal human foot. And that, quote, the anatomy doesn't jive with any known animal. And if there's any scientific principle I trust, it's jive. Vibes, mate. Vibes, dude. Yep. Now, when it comes to hair samples, research has largely shown them to be from regular-ass animals like elk, dogs, horses, elk. and hairs. They have hooves for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's hair. It's hair, not oh, prints. Right. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That's it. You're in a, yeah. surrounded by elk hoof prints. <laughs> it's a big mm. foot. Yeah. 
yeah, all those animals, or they were inconclu inconclusive. That's the one. Which doesn't mean, well, then it must no. be Bigfoot. Theoretically, if there is such thing as a Sasquatch, it would probably be very similar in DNA to humans, like other primates are. Uh, so let's say we found a hair that we couldn't identify. If the sequence looked a whole lot like the human genome, but like something was amiss, we could be like, wait, this is something related to us, but not us. Is this Bigfoot? That hasn't happened. In one case, what was thought to be a Yeti turned out to be something we didn't recognize, but that was similar to an ancient extinct form of polar bear. So what we can glean from that is either there is some sort of polar bear we haven't encountered yet, or that Himalayan bears bred with polar bears somewhere along the lines, Ooh. or that this hair is super old and belonged to an ancient extinct polar bear, uh -huh. which is not likely because the hairs tend to break down. So it's probably one of the first two. But whatever the case, it's not a Yeti. And by the way, while there have been many allegedly scientific studies done by Bigfoot researchers and published in dubious journals, the first peer-reviewed study of biological Bigfoot samples occurred in the 2010s. According to Science Magazine, it was a joint effort between researchers at Oxford, right in your neighborhood, and yes, yes. at the Museum of Zoology in Lausanne, Switzerland. They asked for people to submit hair samples from anomalous primates and received 57 hairs from all over the world in response. Many of those hairs, it turned out, weren't hairs. Which would explain why they seemed anomalous. They were largely <laughs> plant or glass fibers. <laughs> so just sending them like some grass, like, this is Bigfoot. <laughs> um, some of the hairs were also either too old or had been handled too much to be useful. They were able to sequence 30 of the hairs, and every single one matched RNA sequences for known species, such as bears, cows, raccoons, and even a porcupine. Yep. Still, Bigfoot believers carry on undaunted by these setbacks, and Bigfoot continues to be big business. As Smithsonian Magazine pointed out, there continue to be norm numerous films, including many cutesy animated ones, about Bigfoot. Animal Planet somehow got away with airing 11 seasons of a show called Finding Bigfoot, in which they did not, in fact, find 11 Bigfoot. Fucking seasons. Eleven seasons. Well, look, somebody must have been watching it. You know, somebody. Yeah, was obviously... right. It's the same thing with like that Oak Island mystery show that I yeah, mentioned yeah, yeah, when yeah. you were talking about that. Like, how is this still on? There's, they're not finding anything. Why does yeah. this exist? But uh, it, it, even the reason that I decided to talk about this was because this month for book club we read Max Brooks's Devolution, which is about a po posse of squatches. And as I was researching this, I found out there's a Riley Keough-led film currently playing at Sundance called Sasquatch Sunset. And I need to read to you the headline of one of the articles about it, by the way, because it's incredible. Please. It reads, Sasquatch Sunset, the pooping, pissing Bigfoots that are disturbing Sundance. And under it, it continues, the divisive film which features a family divisive. of Sasquatch, <laughs> features a family of Sasquatch and an impressive buffet of their bodily fluids is causing walkouts at screenings. While some critics think it's brilliant. Yeah, I can <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, divisive as in one person liked it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but whether spreading various bodily secretions all over the place or simply hanging out quietly in the woods away from our sight, we are a culture obsessed with Bigfoot. 
According to paleontologist Darren Nash, while there's nothing even remotely close to compelling evidence, quote, interest in the existence of the creature is at an all-time high. Even Jane Goodall, world-famous primatologist, believes yeah, in the yeah. existence of Bigfoot. Oh, fuck off, does yep. she? She does, yes. <laughs> and you'd figure that anyone... That is a pity. Yeah, that if is anyone a pity. was going to see one by now, you would think it would be her. Uh, <laughs> but Bigfoot's yep. in the mist. Bigfoot's in the mist. Uh, 11% of Americans believe firmly that Bigfoot exists. And I'd just like it to add a weird fact to that statistic. 31% of people who serve, who were surveyed, who reported using YouTube daily, believe in Bigfoot. So 11% of the American population, but 31% if they watch too much YouTube. Feels like there's a cautionary tale in there somewhere about gullibility and YouTube use. This bombshell about Jane Goodall has rocked me to my core. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. It's, uh, you know, it's true. We 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 did a bit about her in school, you know, and, and mm -hmm. the fucking amazing work she does and continues to do. Yeah. Um, it's like a million and, and she's still out there doing it. Are you I'm, Googling I'm, it like you don't, you I don't believe me? <laughs> I, I, I need to see this for myself. There is an audio clip on NPR of her talking about this. I mean, and she's not like a, a Bigfoot researcher or anything like that. She just simply, yes. you know... Thinks it exists. She one. She was she like, "I'm a romantic. I like to. I like to think that this is a thing that exists, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not ruling it out. Basically. Well, well, well. Jane Goodall of all Jane fucking Goodall. people. Yep. Right. I'll give it to her. She can have this. She's done a lot of good things. She can have Bigfoot. Uh, okay. But yeah, it's hard to say exactly why this shy, hairy species of dubious existence so captures our imaginations. But you know what? Good for Bigfoot. Keep on keeping yeah, on, I mean, big guy. I only hope that if he is out there he's aware of <laughs> what they call him in australia <laughs> yahweh let me quote directly from my notes if i may yes please do fucking look at these nerds oh mise-en-scene i don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before the way i whispered the word sex cannibal recently worst comes to worst mark i'm willing to guillotine you for science Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so, outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Listen, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Jack of All Graves, the podcast for bad bitches. That's what this podcast <laughs> is. I had no idea that was where that was going. <laughs> neither did I, neither did I. Bad oh, bitches only, please. Mm. Uh, whether you know it or not. Your act of hitting play on this week's Jack or Graves mocks you out as a bad bitch. Damn so go out into the world in that fucking spirit. Take this week and fucking wreck it like the bad bitch Joag listener you are. Amen. Welcome. Uh, Corrigan, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. You know, Good. I think I said last week, my, uh, yeah, my sister's here. I was trying to remember if she was in fact here last week or was on her way. Um, you can see her bed behind me. So, you know, hanging with the sis uh, and, you know, going on lots of walks together. I, you know, we said we we're going to check in about New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff as we go along over the course of the year. And listen, mm. you know, I, amongst my resolutions, of course, not drinking in 2024, crushing it, killing that Good. game, no problem. Um, walking at least a mile every day. It is... <laughs> 
the coldest part of the year right now. Mm. It is so goddamn cold. Um, and listen, I don't live in like upstate New York or like Chicago or anything like that. So I'm complaining about it being, you know, 19 degrees out when there are places it's like negative 40. <laughs> but it is very cold and I feel really proud of myself for the discipline of literally every single day putting on all my layers and going out there and walking in the snow and the ice, the whipping winds at my face and mm. all of that kind of stuff. Uh, well, it's, it's as tough good. as it's going to be all year now, isn't it? it, it from here, right, until get it gets really more... hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to have like, that's how I thought I was It'll like, be you know, a weekend it's April where it's going to be real nice. Right. It'll be good for like most of like, basically from like March to like July and then it's going to be horrible. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking like the plus side about a New Year's resolution is you're starting at literally the worst time of year. So anything yeah, yeah, yeah. that you're That's doing point, is mm. going to get better <laughs> the rest of the year if you think about it. Good. I, I, you know, you, you've shared with me some of your photos on your walks, and you, <laughs> you know, with your beaming red <laughs> cheeks. Yes. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Um, it's an issue, but I'm enjoying it. What about you? How are you doing? <laughs> um, listen, fucking, you know, what do you, what do you want me to say? I'm doing all right. You know? Okay, fair enough. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I'll take that. You know what I mean? What the fuck? I'm okay. Shit. Um, listen, let's talk about disappointment for a second, shall we? Oh, okay. Hit me. Uh, you'll know where this is going as soon as I, as soon as I, you know, okay. as soon as I go down this path. Uh, but we're two episodes into the new season of True Detective. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yes. And there's a lot to like about it. Jodie mm -hmm. Foster is, as always, excellent. Uh, you know, the the setting, it's it's drawing heavily on a big old bag, a big old clutch bag of horror influences, wears its horror credentials on its sleeve. Or, you know, it's it's doing its best to get over to use pro wrestling parlance mm -hmm. to, to the horror fans, right? It's in, in ways that it, it it hasn't done since season one. Mm. Um, so imagine my disappointment. <laughs> imagine. Honestly, I, oh, I, I, made, I made that noise, in fact. Because oh, it, it airs in the States uh, on a, a Sunday night, so we get it on a Monday here. So it's first thing on a Monday morning, I'll put on True Detective. And... Oh, so fucking disgruntled to see that in background, uh, in in the background of shots, they're using clearly not even attempted, to, not even very good. Yeah, like they didn't touch it up or anything like that. <laughs> Nothing. AI generated set dressing. AI. How generated did you notice posters. this though? Like, because the the shot that you posted, like once I zoomed in, I was like, oh, okay. But like I did oh, not notice it at all. Did you like just catch that while watching? It leapt off the fucking screen at me. It was the first <laughs> thing I noticed. It, wow. Literally, I I have I I've got an eye for kind of quirky bits in the background of right, of, yeah. of, you know screens. Anyway, I'm always looking around the frame for fun bits. And you know, in the first episode, there was a VHS copy of the thing on a shelf somewhere. I see. <laughs> All right, I see. What I, okay, you're trying mm -hmm. to appeal to me. All right, a bit yeah. craven, but fine, I'll allow it. But <laughs> it, it, you know, the scene had only been on like a second or two, and I looked at these posters on the wall. And I was like, oh Jesus! 
absolutely fucking dreadful. It's a conversation with some guy and he's got like generic concert posters in the back of, a, of his room. And they are the worst shoddily fucking knocked up dolly fucking quality <laughs> to metal generic concert poster hit enter ah fuck it print it out that'll do it is disgusting disgusting <laughs> yeah That's i love a, that oh go ahead that a, that a high-end fucking program like right. that um you know they can afford fucking billy eilish on the fucking soundtrack right right they can afford billy eilish on the opening credits but they can't afford to pay a fucking designer right uh to to knock up a poster in the in for the for the background of a of a even just team. like fix the one that they like made an ai like you know i've complained yes. about this but like that's one of the problems with like being a creative right now is what they want to do is make things with ai and then hire you for cheaper to fix the thing they fucked up with ai and it's yep. wild to me if you look at this poster for one like one of the posters just generically says metal in like a sort of yeah like metal font like a With sort of generic metallica yeah m yeah. on metal. it metal and then the like dates on it say like may 34th and then it says yep. like second second yeah five seconds you know and, and it's like wow. you could like they they must have noticed that of course. and of and course. they did not I'm just not get someone to shit. quickly jump into photoshop and mm. fix it like that's insane how lazy that is for a production like that not not on, uh, that's that's not entirely the bit that sticks in my fucking throat because it, <laughs> it does obviously it's lazy as fuck and it, it's it's you know penny pinching and corner cutting mm -hmm. and it's vile but what really gets me is eh, they won't even notice that right fine. yeah like just you know exactly thinking I mean? no one is going to look at that for all of this show's lofty pretensions, mm -hmm. it it condescends now to think that ah the fuckers they won't notice just a metal poster in the back. No one's really paying attention. So yeah. why the fuck should I then? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it really devalues the entire like job of the person who cheapens it. If the if the the creatives air quotes involved in putting that fucking scene together care so little about what they are putting on fucking screen, then why the fuck should I be invested in their work? Right. Um, and I can I can hear, I can hear a pushback from, oh, look, it's such a small thing. Why are you so worried about it, Mark? Fuck, get <laughs> over it, Mark. Just enjoy the show, Marco. The show about the snow and the Jodie Foster's in it and the murders. All right, <laughs> no, bollocks, because I expect more. Yeah. Right. I expect right. more. I know that, you know, AI is is it's huge already. And it's only going to get huger. But if that's the fucking effort, people who are producing drama, you know, that like I said, has lofty high end pretensions. If that's what you fucking think of me as a viewer, if that's what you think I am ready to accept, then you can go fuck yourself. I think that's fully fair. Uh also, I feel like you need to look on TikTok and see if someone has pointed this out yet. Otherwise, you need to mm. name and shame there because I feel like if they realize people have caught on and this is all over social media, it's going to yeah, be like I'm, the Game of Thrones uh, craft services cup. Indeed. I've only seen like two or three posts on Blue Sky about it. I don't, I, I don't ever, ever, ever check X anymore. 
Oh, uh, yeah. So I don't, yeah, that's true. I, I yeah, maybe over a, there everyone's talking about it. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> but that's but I, I would I would like I would like to see this made right. Mm-hmm. Right. I would like to see this made right. I, think I would you like deserve to see that. Yeah. I well, I think we deserve that. Right. right. Because if we don't, it's only going to carry on happening. Well, right. I mean, I think that's at like the heart of it, too, right, is the more we let them get away with stuff like this, the more they do it and the more it validates yes. that, like, see, the customer really can't tell that we're doing yep. this. Yep. So why yep. Yep. should yep. we yep. hire people to do these yes. jobs? Like the consumer has no idea we're using it, so it's fine. And we don't want to validate that. The only way of making this right, I would expect the showrunners to acknowledge and apologize. And I would expect any streamer uh, any streaming version of that show to be fucking removed and corrected. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the Game of fuck- Thrones coffee cup. Exactly. 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 Yeah. It's HBO, isn't it? They, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to. That needs to be acknowledged and it needs to be fucking fixed and it needs to stop because it is horse shit. It is Bigfoot scat. That's what that is. It is Bigfoot scat for sure. Although the funny thing about this conversation is even though that makes me livid, I'm now like, maybe I'll watch True Detective. Uh, you mm. know that I've never really watched it. Um, but Just also watch the like first season and then don't bother with the the middle. Well, thing. I tried the first season. I did not like it. Uh, oh, of course you didn't, did you? Yeah. No, but yeah. And the problem is, like, I don't. Jodie Foster is a great actress. However, I have a hard time watching her because she's also like the biggest proponent of Mel Gibson, <laughs> and um, so that always, you know, gives me deep pause about watching things with her. I did not in it. know that. Oh yeah, she like. His whole comeback was, like, basically from her. She, like, orchestrated the whole thing and, like, kind of was like, if I can accept him into Hollywood, like, shouldn't you all? Um, And, like, cast him in his first movie back, like, in the spotlight again, The Beaver. Mm. She directed that one and was, like, specifically was, like, yeah, we're we're doing the Mel restoration Mm. tour. So that's why I always, like, struggle with Jodie Foster things. But I am kind of interested in it, nonetheless. So Not looking good for True Detective, let me tell you that. (laughs) Right. A lot of hits here. Uh, But we'll see, you know. I think she recently had some bullshit to say about... About uh, Zoomers? Yeah, there you go. Like, they don't want to work and, you know. That's exactly... For all we know, it could be her behind the fucking AI posters. Right, yeah, she... She personally was like, just knock that, that up bitch. and put it up there. Like, yeah. You know? yeah, that that did not help my image of her, her complaining about, you know, Gen Z and like their poor grammar in emails and shit. Like, Exa- bitch, yeah, can yeah, you yeah, read exactly. it? Like, yeah, then you're fine. Like, mm. ugh, I don't have any time for that. But regardless, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll watch it after this. I'm delighted to have had the space to get that out. Thank yeah, you. I'm, I'm glad to have given you that space. Mm. Um, in other news, hey, had book club this past weekend, like I just uh, referenced, and it was a wonderful kickoff to the year. Very strong showing. Lots of great yeah. people. Great conversation. We can manage to have deep conversations, even on a book about Bigfoots. <laughs> so yeah. it was a really good time. Um, it is open to everyone. So if you want to join in for next month, the schedule is on jackofallgraves.com slash book club. So many good books that we're going to be reading. I think Behind Her Eyes is the book that we're reading for February, which was made into a Netflix miniseries, I think. Maybe a movie, one of those. Uh, But check it out and then join us. Uh, The Discord link is up there and it's a grand old time. And let's not forget, of course, this weekend is Watch Along Weekend. It's Um, Watch Along Weekend. 
uh, it's comfort horror. Um, we've had some lovely suggestions on yeah. Facebook and a couple of a couple of uh, a couple of head scratches as well. I'm not going to lie. Sure. Um, let me see. Uh, David Big Alec. I hope I'm pronouncing your surname right. Big Alec. Big Alec. I don't know. Tremors. Fine. Great. Jaws. Yeah. Oh, obviously. Yep. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Comfy sure. as fuck. Scream <laughs> like a blanket for those who like it. Mandy? You like scream. Shut up. But anyways, go. Yeah, Mandy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's that is like yeah. that's discomfort R right there. There's like there is not really? one moment of Mandy that is comfortable. Mm. <laughs> that um, our boy Dr. Stephen Root, uh Evil Dead. Listen, I agree. Um mm. all of it is all of it you come I'd like I'd like to know no. which entry in particular gives you the comfort. For me, that's Evil Dead point. 2013 is a zillion percent one of my comfort movies. Um, that's a weird uh, one to get like again like comfort is a weird word for a movie that you yeah. often describe as mean-spirited um it is it's, it's horrible <laughs> it's such a nasty nasty movie but 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 it 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 provides me with i get glee from it i never mm, get tired mm-hmm. of it okay you know? yeah i get you i never get bored of it that that the one just oh it's i, I can't understand why people don't see how funny it is <laughs> Right, the where the the one girl is is cutting her hand, her arm off with the electric knife, yeah, with the cookery knife, and she turns around and there's this lovely beat where she speaks in her normal pre deadite voice. Oh, I feel much better now, and then there's a thunk as her fucking arm finally drops <laughs> off and hits the floor, and I'm like, that is just wow, yep. beautiful. Um, I feel like the, that's you know, there's different kind of horror viewers, and some of us definitely get giddy. The like more unhinged the violence is, and yep. others who do not see it that way. It's it's just that funk of the flesh in mm-hmm. the wood. It's like a it's 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 almost like a rim shot after a joke. You know right. I mean? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Uh, Rootsy also gives us the stand, the nineteen ninety four miniseries of the stand <laughs> with Gary Sinise. <laughs> That'd be a full day watch along, but I love that as a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so listen, uh, this week I th- there were a couple uh, more on the like the feed, but that's okay. We can you'll throw them up into a, a poll, and we'll work with that. Yeah, minute. or are How you going to pick do polls now? I think you can do polls in Facebook. So unfortunately, it won't be okay. as open as when we used to do them on Twitter. But I'm pretty sure in the group, you can do a poll. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that that that'll come at some point uh, during the week, and it'd be lovely to see as many of you there as possible. Yes. Saturday, Saturday the twenty get... seventh of January, twenty and twenty four. Exactly. Yes. Let's get comfortable together. But in the meantime, if that came across as weird. I didn't mean it to. Or did you? Oh, did Depends I? on whether I you didn't. liked it or not. If you liked it, <laughs> or... he meant it just that weird. Nah, no, don't worry. Unless... No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh... <laughs> so, have you watched anything lately? All right. It's actually... Uh, so, uh, uh, I've not I've not committed a lot of time to the movies this week, uh, but yeah, the ones either. I have watched have been of note, right? Okay. So let me just deal with Wonka first, if I may. <laughs> Please do. Oh man, the joys of having children—the movies you see. Well, I, 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 I was interested in seeing Wonka myself. I wanted to see Wonka okay. myself because I'm a big who who isn't a fan of Paddington too, right? Oh, obviously. Come on. Um, Paddington that's like a is... huge red flag if you don't like Paddington too. Oh, definitely, because you know. It's 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 so much better than 
it, it it goes so far above and beyond what Paddington 2 should be on paper, right? It is right. it is a movie of genuine, genuine heart. Just fuck me. When Aunt Lucy turns up at the end of, the, of Paddington <laughs> 2, if you don't have a fucking damp eye or a lump in your throat. Oh, that's you like are, sobs. Fuck off. <laughs> Same. Yeah. For me, it was an involuntary sob, like because I didn't see it coming, right? Because one of the big running jokes of Paddington is, yeah, no, 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 they're 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 in darkest Peru. It's cool. We all think they're dead, right? You know, like when you you know your dog got sent to the farm, right? Exactly. Or you came home from school one day and your dad said he'd given the terrapins back to the pet shop, but you've all you've long suspected it right up until now that he just flushed them down the fucking toilet. Is that autobiographical? Yeah, I had terrapins, right? And they stank like a motherfucker. <laughs> God, these fucking terrapins were smelly. And I was cleaning them out. I was cleaning them out every couple of days, yeah. but they stank. And one day I got home from school and the terrapins were gone. And dad said he'd taken them back to the pet shop. And I swallowed it at the time. But <laughs> hmm. many's the time as an adult I've reflected on that. And I've not I've not confronted him about it. But <laughs> I, I don't think he took them back to the pet shop. <laughs> But, but these were living terrapins. These were living animals. Yeah. And I don't know what the fuck he did with them. Maybe he just let them go. He just like walked out let somewhere. Let them go and... on a council estate in fucking <laughs> South Wales. Let them go where, Cory? Where would they have gone? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to imagine he didn't flush your turtles. <laughs> um, uh... Anyway, Paddington 2. Right. Now, Wonka mm. has none of that. Yeah, why did you think it was going to be like Paddington 2? Because I'm, I, I'm sure I've, I've read like a comparison between the two. I'm sure somebody's okay. talking, yeah, 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 it's kind of got Paddington 2 vibes. Mm. And uh, what was I talking about where, yes, like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 feels to me like like sentiment by committee, like okay. like, you know, group managed and you know execs have given notes on it and it's been fucking written and rewritten and they've tried to weaponize it to do what that other mm. film did that's where it feels like wonkers uh, fuck what it feels like that's what wonkers doing, right? <laughs> sure. it's doing its best it's doing its best to recreate that wonderful alchemy of Paddington 2 and falling utterly flat in mm. every way firstly um there's no sense of there's no sense of place to the film at all, mm. right? It is all on a fucking green screen. It's all Ugh. on a sound oh, stage. Oh, I hate that so much. Nothing, nothing rings true about the geography and the physicality and the the presence of that film. It has nothing to it. It's 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 ones and zeros, right? It's bits right. and bytes. There's fuck all real about this film. Okay, that's strike one. I hate that. Yeah. And look, all right, maybe it was a COVID thing. I don't know how long it's been in production. I mean, at this cause... point, they've been making movies for like three yeah, years post-COVID. So I don't enough. think we can give right. anything that be benefit charitable. of the doubt at this point. Um, I think we're past that. Half of the cast of Paddington 2 show up in, in this film. Olivia Coleman is in it. Uh, is she in Paddington 2? No, I don't think she was. Who am no, I thinking of? The Hugh geezer Grant from fucking... It. He was in Ghosts. Uh... The British Simon Farnaby. He's oh in it. yes, 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 yes. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And playing a similar role to the role he plays in fucking Paddington. And you know, oh Wonka's mother. Oh, she's <laughs> gone, and she promised him that she would come back. Oh no! Oh, come on, is, say it ain't so. Not... I'm fucking serious. I'm absolutely serious. Uh, 
it it's it's wildly fucking it it plagiarizes other Robert Dahl works, even oh, though gosh. he had fuck all to do with Wonka, of course. But you know yeah. the wonderful, fantastic Mister Fox. Yes, and I've actually this... never seen or read that. I don't like stop motion, so I avoided the fantastic. Oh, read it then. Just read the book. You'll you'll okay. do it in an hour and a half. It's a piece of piss. yeah. That's the nice thing about those Roald <laughs> right? Dahl books. But um, uh, fantastic Mister Fox has three adversaries. You see, the evil farmers Bogus Bunsen Bean. Each okay. of whom are, you know, each of whom are responsible for a different kind of produce. And uh, Mr. Fox makes kind of runs and tunneling under their farm and he nicks a juicy turkey and he nicks some of their cider to feed his family. And it's wholesome and it's brilliant. And okay. it's this battle of wits between Mr. Fox and these three absolute bastards. Ah, <sighs> oh, fuck. Wonka is up against three rival chocolate manufacturers. <sighs> fuck me, man. It is derivative as shit. Um, like, I feel like you could make that work if it was like, like, oh, we've got like a, a Roald doll cinematic universe within here and they're all working. Oh, within which is the what they're going for. Thing. I mean, yeah. you know, the 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 title card at the beginning is like Roald doll stories. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the, OK, so they are <laughs> attempting that. It just didn't work. It just did not work. All it comes across is the people making this film are looking at other popular properties and going, right, we'll have a bit of that mm-hmm. and we'll have a bit of that. And we'll take these cast members from these films, which did what we want to do. And that'll be great. And we'll put some songs in and it'll be bright and gaudy. And none of it will have any sense of fucking, you know, physicality or tangible realness. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of it all, we're going to hang all of this on fucking Timothee Chalamet. We're going to put it all on him. This fucking Zephyr of (laughs) fuck all. I'm sorry, but I love that, like... You kept like the French part of his name that he doesn't use anymore, but you like it anglicized the last name that he does use the French part for. Yes. And the next time I say his name, I'll do it. Completely we'll see what happens. But you knew who I meant. <laughs> I right? did. Yes. Go on. If you can read it, then it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Jodie Foster. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, so, yes, it it it, it just... Hey, I'm assuming he's terrible. Wonka. I've seen the, like, what gets me, and this also came after seeing the Marvels. I saw the Marvels, and then I saw, like, a commercial for Wonka, like, the day afterwards. I just paused you there, because yeah. I was going to finish off that. Oh, sorry, Wonka go ahead. Bang, with a zinger. Oh, man. yeah, hit me with the zinger. Right? Hey, it wants to be sweet, but it's just sweet and low. <laughs> nice. Yeah? yeah, that's good. I like it. Come on. You guys have sweet and low now, No, no, but I know you do, you see. Oh. Oh, it was even like a specific American joke. That was good. And that just came to me. Just fucking came to me. I'm really fucking good at this. (laughs) You are. (laughs) (laughs) You should do this. (laughs) Uh, uh, Maybe. Go on, Um, now you. (laughs) But (laughs) I can't follow that. No, but what I was going to say is that like, so I saw the Marvels and then like the next day a trailer for Wonka where it was like the first time you hear like the singing from it. And in both those cases, like, you know, like, doesn't uh, Brie Larson sing in uh, that comic book movie, um, Scott Pilgrim, right? Oh, she might do. I've not seen it in ages, I think but she, I love it. Yeah. Oh, I, I hate Scott it. Pilgrim, but I, thought, I think no, she I sings know you in do. that. I know you yeah. do, but I love it to bits. Um, but, like, I think she can sing. But for some mm. reason in the Marvels, they, like, auto-tune the shit out of her so that it does not sound like a human voice at all anymore. Yeah. Like, what's happening here? And it feels like that's become, like, kind of a style 
now, which like I said, when I was complaining about pop music today, I was saying that too, like they auto-tune the shit out of everything. But Wonka, when I listened to that too, I was like, I don't know whether Timothée can sing or not. But uh, in that ad, they certainly uh, auto-tuned him so hard that it sounds like he can't carry a tune. Like they had to fix the shit out of him. Nothing was salvageable. And is there maybe a line to be drawn here with what what I was just banging on about with True Detective? Is 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 it just a kind of a fuck it? That's what they expect. That's what they'll get. Right. <laughs> like, is know. this our fault? Is this mm. our own expectations that lead them to do these kinds of things? Because we've proven that we don't give a shit. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not blaming us for this. Get it together, Hollywood. Yeah, quite right. Quite right. I'm not blaming us for this. <laughs> but what else have you watched? <laughs> uh, right. So um, two films that I've seen before, but neither of which I've seen before, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, OK. Um, yeah, I got you. Uh, Afflicted. Does the name ring a bell? Have you seen I don't this? think I've seen that. No. Now, I watched this in the pre-letterboxed days, apparently, when oh, I banged okay. it in letterbox. Oh, you've seen this film before in 2000, uh, 2000 and fucking. Uh, so it came from your handwritten watch. notes. Exactly, yeah. This was back when I was banging fucking movies on, <laughs> on Notepad, which I love, by the way. Right? I'm, I'm, so, I, I get a lot of personal kind of satisfaction from the fact that I was letterboxing for fucking ten years before letterboxing was yeah. a fucking scene. <laughs> very, very proud of that. Um, that. afflicted. So, what if Chronicle, mm. but vampires? Okay, interesting. There's your fucking gimmick, right? Uh, <laughs> Two best friends who are uh, actual IRL best friends, right? The the filmmakers are are just childhood buddies in real life, and it absolutely comes across in the in the in the movie. There's nice. a real sense of connection and closeness between them, and um, they're kind of obnoxious but harmless, sure. Uh, kind of um, fil- amateur filmmakers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the guys has a very rare kind of cluster of. B- b- badly misformed blood vessels in his brain and apparently he's on borrowed time and at any point his brain could plop so he decides he and his best mate are going to go on a a once in a lifetime round the world trip and they're going to document it all it's found footage nice okay um but they handle the gimmick really well. They, they, um, you know, they, they spell it out really clearly that this one guy, I'm going to be wearing this camera all the, all the time. You're going to wear that all. Yes, I'm going to wear <laughs> this camera all the time. You're going to wear that all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, and for the first kind of 20, 25 minutes of the film, it's them going around Europe and Italy and Spain and France. And, you know, they try to hook up with girls and they go to clubs and they ride around in silly little fucking mopeds and whatever stuff that you would do as a tourist in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, our guy with the fucking brain problem takes a girl back to his apartment and she vampires him. Ah, I hate when that happens. Yep. He gets vampired and they won, you know, oh, shit. Has has your embolism popped? Do we need to get you home? Are you going to die? And he develops powers and they're testing his powers out a la Chronicle, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, BT dubs. I love Chronicle. I think it's a fucking brilliant, brilliant movie. Brilliant movie. Yeah. And and fuck Max and Landis, is, but Chronicle is amazing. Oh, fuck him sky high, obviously, <laughs> into the sun. Yep. Uh, but Chronicle is great. And this has a lot of the same story beats. The two of them kind of try and push at the edges of, of his new strength and his fucking, you know, super speed and holy shit, you're a superhero. No, 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 no. Until he starts to fucking get the thirst. 
<laughs> and there are some <laughs> the thirst. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're yeah. such an intense man, Mark Lewis. I love it. I like a vampire. I like vampires. I know you do. Yeah. Um, I wish I was one. Okay, well, if you really want to know, <laughs> I don't think you'd get to enjoy. Like the only vice you'd get to enjoy would be the drinking of blood, and I guess like the sex or whatever things like that. But like you'd have to give up a lot of like the other things that you like. Uh, yes, I'd drink you. You'd be my forever friend then. Oh, thank you. That's I would. Really nice. I'd be straight over there. I'd have a good old slurp, and <laughs> we would. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, yeah. And we would roam the world just vampiring. <laughs> just vampire uh, beefs. Vampire BFFs. Yes. Yep. And, you know, he tries every method to kind of sate this new fucking hunger. He drinks mm. dog blood, pig blood. Right. Breaks the into a blood Inevitable trying to blood. avoid, you yes. know, killing people. And, the the oh, God, there are some first class scares. Oh, okay. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There Don't tell me absolute, any of them. I, I, I this sounds interesting. I'm, I'm into it's it. It's really fucking good. <laughs> good it's okay. really good. Uh, uh, a super satisfying ending. A super nice. satisfying kind of whoa. Woof. Afflicted is a banger, mate, and I think you'd love it. Actually, okay. now that I've said that, I've almost guaranteed that you won't. You but... always say that, but I like <laughs> most things that you recommend. It's just occasionally. And I think you do know when you like when you recommended Skinamarink, you did it knowing full well I was going to hate it, but you yeah, acted yeah. like I would like it. But most of the time, you gen generally know what I like. You, yeah, that's that's gonna be every time you do <laughs> recommend something that Are I end up hating. Skinamarink, like, Skinamarink to me, you son of a bitch. You Skinamarink and son of a bitch. So that was great, and I went back to when evil looks. Ah, uh, yes. An excellent flick. That's even that sells it short. It's, <laughs> it's it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. You know, uh I remember none of it. Like none of it. <laughs> I was amazed That's at how wild. absolutely none of that film I that's bananas. I, you I we talked about it at length too. So Fuck me, Corey. That's I wild. I remember none of that. I must have been blagging it, mate, because I I remember <laughs> none of it. Incredible. Uh, yes. Well, it's kind of I am jealous. You got to see it for the first time a second time. Oh, I right. I had my AirPods in as well because I wanted to fucking right. Let's get let's give this fucking oh, okay. film its due and let's go right in. And just the gimmick in just this Argentinian village where you know where possession is almost almost like a public health issue you know yeah they've got they've got procedures in place to deal with it they've got fucking you know kids tell stories about it they've got rhymes for fuck's sake right what do you say what's the rhyme when there's a rotten you know what i mean it, it yeah. it's folding the 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 vile and the horrible into everyday life oh mm -hmm. beautiful beautiful gimmick um but I, I only realized this time around that it's the same fellow who made Terrified. Terrified, yeah, exactly. I did not know that. Which is fantastic. Yes, uh, the guy is on a hell of a trajectory. Holy right. shit. He's already, yeah, that's the thing you want to see. Like, the director who made, like, this incredible film doesn't end up, you know, blom camping and instead, yes. you know, puts out a second huge banger. Yes. Stay That's nothing the fuck like the first away one. from Hollywood, my friend. Stay right. the fuck away.
<laughs> keep doing what you're doing and keep right. growing the way you're growing. Because holy shit, if Terrified was, was you know, if that led to any evil looks, the mind boggles at what you can achieve next. Right. The nihilistic, bleak fucking hopelessness of this film. It is, talk about a nasty piece of work. Yes. Right? Yeah, this is, it does this not is, give this a is... fuck about you and your feelings. No, sir. And just, just, there's, there's, I don't know if you remember it as well. Me only having seen it a few days ago, right? But they, they even talk about why demons can't quite handle autistic. Yeah, right. (laughs) What a cool little bit of lore. Yeah, totally. They're susceptible. They're as susceptible to possession as anyone else, but they can't quite work their fucking minds out. Right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. Give me a big old chubba. So it did. Uh, give me a big old. I could watch you as you were saying that, deciding whether or not you wanted to or not. Did you see? Do you see my process? <laughs> like, and and as yeah. such, I wasn't sure which word was going to come out, and I don't think you knew either. Like, it's going to mean erection, but uh, as I consider whether I want to say it, I don't know which word for it. I'm going to say. Wonderful, all practical gore, or if it wasn't all practical gore, it you hit the CG like well sure. enough that yeah. it fucking looked like it. Mm-hmm. Axes to the face, fucking a dog bites a kid in the head when you don't see it coming. I <laughs> got, I, 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 what? I, I'd like to make the noise that I made then, now, but <laughs> the p- people upstairs, I, uh, I vocalized if yeah. you know involuntarily when that dog bit that girl's head. <laughs> I think it was and, during that that I I sent you the sound that I made when oh, okay, watching okay, okay. that. Yeah. Mm. Um, just like you know, I like I said earlier on, but Evil Dead Two, that the punctuation, that little kind of grim laugh when the arm hits the floor. There's mm. no, 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 it's not that kind of thing. No, 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 no. It's it just pours misery, bad vibes, graphic fucking misery mm-hmm. on you. Yes. Oh. Wonderful, wonderful, it's, wonderful movie. Yeah, it's great. Definitely recommend mm-hmm. When Evil Lurks. I mean, you gotta. If you haven't watched it by now, what are you even doing? You gotta you get on gotta, it. You gotta, you gotta, man. It's you know, it's such a thrill to see a classic mm, when it's yeah, right, you know exactly. a fresh, a fresh classic, mm-hmm. and, and that's what that is. It's fucking wonderful. Agreed. What about you? What about you? What about you? Um, I did not watch a whole lot this week, partly because my sister's here. Um, mm. I also had... Does she, does she like the horror, your sister? Not really. She'll tolerate it for me um, or for my mom, uh, but yeah. it's not her thing. She she scares easy. She grosses out easy. It's not her. Not her bag. Okay. Um, but yeah, since since she was here, I haven't been watching a whole lot of, of movies or anything like that, but... We did get out and go see the Iron Claw because, you know, my sister and I have been watching wrestling together for the past, you know, three years or whatever. Yeah. Um, And so we were like, there's a wrestling movie. It's got some AEW's people in it. Like, let's go see this. Um, Sure. I read that MJF got pretty much entirely cut. Yeah, almost entirely. Yeah. You get to like you can tell it's him because, you know, MJF's ass. So his ass gets more screen (laughs) time than his face does. And you're like, that booty. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I could pick that out of a lineup any day of the week. <laughs> but nice. you only see his face for like a set. Like I didn't even catch it. Keo was like, it's MJF. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. you're right. Um, you say a couple. Who else is in it? Then? Who else would I know? Um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, actually, there was one that I wanted to. Look at. Um, 
Yeah, I thought so. He uh, Ryan Nemeth is in it. But there's like this is like a weird thing that happens throughout the whole movie where they don't really show anyone's faces who isn't the Von Eriks. And so you see Ryan Nemeth a couple times in it and he's wearing like a black wig. And so I was like, I think that's him. Mm -hmm. And like he has like a speaking role, but they never get close. They never show his full face head on. Uh, which is very weird. It's an odd choice. Like throughout this whole film, you really don't get like a full face of anyone who is not in the main family, uh, which mm. is very weird. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to the Iron Claw because people said it was really good. I don't like biopics. Uh, they're dry. They, they're very dry. On it. And, you know, the thing about biopics that bothers me and is very much heavily in this is that in the effort to tell a true story, they tend to tell, not show. And so this super suffers from that, where it's like they're constantly in dialogue explaining to us things and and instead of like just letting us watch a movie play out. So it's like very like standard beats, like, okay, we meet the like quirky, like wonderful woman that um what's the main the one who's not dead's name? Uh Carrie. Is it Carrie Von Eric? No, Carrie Carrie's dead. Uh, whatever the lead one is, the one who's played by Zac Efron. Um, yeah. Like when he meets his wife, it's like you could, this dialogue is just chopped from every biopic that has ever existed of like your sort of manic pixie <laughs> dream girl type like meeting, mm. you know, she calls him by his first and last name, you know, like, well, so-and-so Von Eric, I think you're blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, that kind of thing where you're just like, okay, I get it. This mm. is the sh- biopic shortcut for this is a good woman. Uh, and, you know, she's a keeper or whatever. And their relationship kind of, you know, develops more or less off screen and you, you know, then they're getting married and all this kind of stuff. And like various things happen. So obviously, I don't think it's a spoiler when it's a biopic. Like every one of the brothers except for Zac Efron dies. Mm. And they weirdly like don't let us see the process so it's like things like you know uh in one scene they're kind of all sitting together like shooting up steroids and then another scene you see like um you know this brother throwing up blood and then it's like a next scene he died in japan okay (laughs) right okay all right and then like you know there's all this stuff happening and like carrie's doing great and all that he's like on top of everything and then you know all of a sudden he gets in an accident loses his foot and then all of a sudden he's in like some sort of downward spiral that we have not seen happen but like we just have to trust like somewhere off screen he has been you know in some sort of drug field haze and then he dies and you're does like, what's maybe, happening here? Is it does it assume familiarity? Does it does it like assume I think that's the this? problem biopics have is that they kind of mm. like have this assumption. It, it's like somewhere between assuming you know the story, and so they don't want to like leave anything out that would like make you go, that's not what happened or whatever. But they're also over explaining it as if you have no familiarity with the story and they want to get it all right. And as such, it's just people constantly telling you what happened, but like I want to see a movie. You know, I could just read this <laughs> like, yes. you know, uh, these people need to act like humans and not constantly describe the plot to me as if I missed an episode of the Von Eriks, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I don't know. It didn't. I, I think the like Zac Efron's great in it. Um, the other brothers aren't given a ton to do except sort of just be there and die. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and like I said, it's shot very weirdly. Um, I Who's think the. 
I don't know who made it, actually. But I think th- here's what's the real kicker for this. You know me. I have a hair trigger for tears. <laughs> like mm, yeah. uh, TV shows and movies, like I will cry instantly if someone even kind of like looks sort of sad in it. And I watched a whole family die in this movie without crying. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, enough said. <laughs> like, okay, it did not connect. It did not connect at all. You really don't like get attached to these characters at all. The only time I cried, my sister was like, this was such a bitch move. But the very end of it, you see Zac Efron cry. And like me and Keo and Ed were all just like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> like you can't end a movie on a man crying. So we all have to <laughs> yeah. walk into the lobby just sobbing. <laughs> like, what what kind of move is that? That's some yeah, that asshole shit. Uh, but yeah, so Iron Claw, I don't know. It's like, it's fine. I don't recommend it. It's just kind of like, it's a throwaway biopic like any other bio- yeah. biopic is. Um, Two headlocks out of five. Yeah, there we go. I like that. <laughs> or two iron claws. Hey, hey, oh. So it looks a lot like the Dark Order thing. It does. Until, they, until you know, the grab happens. But anyways, the, uh, the other thing that I thought worth mentioning is that the second season of Surreal Estate is back on Hulu. And I just really, that is like good times, supernatural vibes that I absolutely love. Like Monster of the Week, you know, which is my, one of my favorite kinds of tv show i love like when they start like employing a big arc and things i tend to lose interest (laughs) but you know Mm. when you're talking x-files supernatural you know any of these kinds of shows i love a monster of the week and so see that was the great thing that fringe did so well Mm. it it was very much a monster of the week show there was there was a monster every week it was brilliant but it had plot episodes and it had a really fucking beautifully drawn out broad wider plot which was yeah great. that's like the ideal like give me like the arc should be there like i should be like journeying with these characters i'd be seeing something going on but like mm. at its core i really want those monster of the week episodes and surreal estate is just giving me all the beautiful ghosty fun that i could possibly want um, and it's just like it feels like one of those things that's so rare right mm. now like you know sci-fi used to make a lot of shows that were kind of like this and uh, this feels like the only one that they really have left, and uh, I'm enjoying that. So, surreal estate, two seasons of it are on Hulu. If you're, if you're wanting to chat about it's ghosts, I mean, just occurred ghosts. to me that I think Peter would really like Fringe. Ooh, there you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, Mark. Hello. Uh, I. I have no idea why, when we were thinking about topics for this week, this is what popped into my head. Mm. Uh, but I texted you and was like, how yes. about exorcisms and demons? Yeah, <laughs> um, straight away. And, and any frequent listener to this podcast knows I'm actually not into demons, at least cinematically. Uh, I think they're corny and they're not scary at all. And this is largely because coming from evangelicalism, I saw people always freaking out over the devil and demons. And I was like... You don't have a neat demon. You just had a nightmare. <laughs> you know, mm. um, I never really believed in any of that. And movies that deal with those things tend to just kind of feel silly to me because I connect it to that. It's like trying to make me scared of Donald Duck. Like, that's not a real okay. thing. Why would I be scared of that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> as it turns out, though, Mark, I am deeply in the minority on that in my country. And increasingly so in yours, which is wild. Do you well, want to so- 
Oh, Tell me, let's. So, to context here, you're talking. We are talking here about the actual belief of the the religious inclined to to still in 2024 think of demons as actual A literal yes fucking beasts that mm-hmm. can that you need to be on your guard against that exactly. you need to be aware that of that want to do you harm and can yes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. where we're at. Yeah, that's what we're talking that's about. That's exactly what we're talking about today. Um, do you want to know how prevalent belief in this stuff is in the United States? Well, see, I'm prepared. I'm prepared to be surprised here. But you just told me like an hour ago that there's still fucking loads of people <laughs> who are still looking for Bigfoot. True. That's a good point. If if I were to ask you, so it was 10 percent of Americans or 11 percent of Americans believe in Bigfoot, right? If I were to ask you how many Americans believe in demon possession, not just demons, but demon possession, actually, there are demons and they can inhabit your body. What percentage of Americans do you think would believe that? My rational mind wants to go low, like eight, nine percent, less than Bigfoot, surely. Is that your guess? Less than Bigfoot, eight or nine percent? I'm going to say 9%. Well, Mark Lewis, it's 50. 50% (laughs) of Americans believe in demon possession. Half. Half. If you're walking down the street, one of every two people you see is like, yup, Exorcist was a documentary. This boggles my mind, even as an American, because I genuinely thought that was fringe shit and that even other Christians didn't Mm. believe it. Mm. Does explain a lot about the reactions you see to Lil Nas X's Instagram all the time. Yeah, it does. It does. does. (laughs) Apparently, a full 70% of Americans said that they believed in the devil in a 2007 Gallup poll. And while the inclination might be to be like, well, that was a long time ago and people become less and less superstitious, that number was actually up 15% from 17 years before when the poll had been taken in 1990. So more people are believing in demons of the devil, not less. And this is bearing out, like I said, here in the U.S. and over in your neck of the woods. But this is but it it follows, surely, you know, if if so many Americans are still God fearing and the church categorically believes the demons are a real thing, then they have to, don't they? Because if you deny that, then you're surely pick and choosing which bits of your faith that you're going to stick with. I mean, which is what people do, let's be real. (laughs) We definitely pick and choose. And and for me, like, you know, I think I always saw it as, like, allegorical or, you know, I I was less likely to take everything fully literally in the Bible. So, and I'll I'll get to this in one moment, but, like, this has to do with how you interpret the Bible, first and foremost. Um, But also to that point, like, being a country that is more steeped in, like, religious... Uh, history and things like that um it does play into the fact that probably more people believe in the devil and demons than are like practicing christians you know than like actually go to church and like follow other parts of the christian faith it's like a superstition that persists in spite of that um incredible incredible to me and oh go ahead no please carry on well did you have a thought on that because i was going to yeah, move I mean, forward. Yeah, it, it's incredible to me that even though you know the 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 church has done its 
yeah, it, it has is kind of paid lip service to modernizing mm -hmm. in its view, you know, of of you know blessing but not consecrating gay marriage, right? That kind of yeah, thing. They're exactly. doing their best to kind of move it just yeah. little <laughs> tiny baby steps into the now. I'm not like regular churches. I'm a cool church. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sitting on the edge of the table. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but the church has modernized its view on demons not one fucking jot right. yeah not at all not one little Absolutely bit not. exorcism is still a, a, an absolutely black and white fucking rubber stamped procedure of the church mm -hmm. it still exists there is still guidance which tells you yeah. how to perform one they are still performed and you know in, in that same kind of vein of just modernizing itself in little tiny tiny steps there have been updates to the Catholic uh, guidance. Well, let me get to, let me let you get to that in we'll one minute, yeah, though. Go, go yeah, ahead, yeah, because I want you to go into that. I'm very interested in that. But let me just set you up a little bit mm. more before you get into that, because it's a fascinating element of this. So in 2011, there were fewer than 15 trained Catholic exorcists in the United States. And I'm sure as you're going to talk about, not everyone in the Catholic Church can do exorcists. No, no. This is an important thing. Uh, by 20. So less than 15, fewer than 15 in 2011. By 2018, there were somewhere between 70 and over 100. There are no official records kept of this because you're not supposed to like show up, show off that no, your no. diocese has a demon guy. But you even by, yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh yeah, just, just call the exorcist. Um, but even by conservative estimates, you know, if the figure is 70, that's a huge leap in a very short period of time from fewer than 15 to 70 exorcists in America over seven years. Meanwhile, in the UK, folks are still more inclined to believe in ghosts than God. And even, this is interesting, Christian Brits are more likely to believe in aliens than the literal devil. On top of that, British Christians are <laughs> also... Face, trying to fucking make sense of this fucking <laughs> Let me give you... <laughs> give you this one because this is even more incredible to me um british christians are pretty agnostic about the existence of god with mm. only 41 percent of british christians saying they definitely believe in a creator mm. that's insane to me yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's like yeah. the, the central thing that's wild um yeah. but this speaks of something that's shifting what we see here is people who are sort of born christian right like your family, did your fit was your family like historically part of some church like five not generations back? Oh, okay, so you're not, here's not at some point they must so. have been, but not notably so. Mm. I mean, you're Welsh, maybe not like you yeah, can come yeah. from all kinds of different traditions or whatever, but Pagan like savages, that's what right, we're exactly. <laughs> you're worshiping trees or whatever, I don't know, but like, say your family <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> trees i don't know <laughs> but say like your family is church of england historically right mm. technically you're christian but nobody's gone to church like since the victorian times or whatever like yeah, you're yeah, yeah, probably yeah, yeah. like baptized or you know christened or whatever but that's about it so the uk as a whole is not actively very religious and hasn't been for a good long time whereas According to Vice, there are some 20 million Pentecostal Christians in the U.S. And an important thing about Pentecostals specifically uh, is a belief in a very literal relationship with God, 
as well as a literal interpretation of the scripture and a very literal belief in like a spiritual realm that is all around you and that you are constantly interacting with. Uh-huh. Well, while not everyone in the U.S. is a Pentecostal, a lot of our religion, religious tradition is based on the idea that what's in the Bible is real and literal. And thus we have a weird proportion of folks who think that the devil is real and demon possession is real. In the U.K., though, Pentecostalism is growing. Uh, in 2006, it was the fastest growing Christian group in the region. And today there are some 17,000 Pentecostal churches in the U.K. There are around one million Pentecostals in the UK, and a lot of this is spurred by immigration, as Pentecostalism is, according to the BBC, very strong in the developing world. Uh, And in many of those places, the threat Pentecostalism poses towards established denominations leads to persecution, leading people to uh, emigrate. But all this is to say, Pentecostalism is huge, about 10% of all Christians worldwide, and it's very prevalent in America, with a surprising prevalence in the UK. And while Pentecostals and Catholics don't often see eye to eye, apparently one thing they're willing to adopt from their papist counterparts is the right of exorcism, which is becoming Mm. more and more common in both our nations. So, Marco, you've got some information about what that entails and where it came from, yes? I do. Um, it's, It's fascinating to me that up until the 90s, the the church volume on guidance on the the kind of the processes and the circumstances of exorcism hadn't been updated since uh, the 1600s, right? 1614 is the last time this was updated. And it remained unaltered, entirely untouched uh, until the 90s. Um, in uh, 1998, there was an update to the, to the Catholic text on exorcisms, which is uh, called Exorcismus et Supplia Fuck, fuck. I practiced this. I like that title, though. (laughs) (laughs) Exorcismus et supplicationibus quibusdam. Nice. Right? Translates of exorcisms and certain supplications. That's how that translates in English. Beautiful. I like there's something Uh, very, like, kind of mysterious about that title, too. I like it. uh, Listen, I, I, I was properly reeled in by this. It was uh, our our man, Pope John Paul VII, who approved these updates, and it was issued uh, at a presentation at the Vatican. Sorry? Pope John Paul VI, I apologize. Second? I thought he was the second. Wait a second. I might got my numeral wrong there. He was (laughs) the second, wasn't he? Of course he was. I was like, that's too many John Pauls. The second one only died like 20 years ago. (laughs) They've had a a, a proper glut over them since then. Um, But yes, uh, presented at the Vatican in 99. And the major updates are, you know, they make a nod to maybe it's mental health. Okay. You know? Sure. Maybe maybe community care or pastoral care might be indicated in some of these cases. So, you know, don't just steam in with your Be discerning. Have a little... Yes, you exercise a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of quality control in in the, the the exorcisms that you perform. But other than that, pretty much the book is entirely unaltered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, clear, unambiguous guidance that Satan is a real, living, fucking tangible being, and uh, you know, you we we've got ways of 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 tackling him, of dragging him out of people. And I'm delighted to announce that the English translation of exorcismus et supplicationibus quibusdom 
is available in paperback for $9.99. You can just fucking buy it. You know what I mean? And this is like, I I feel like it's worth noting. I saw in my research that the English version has only existed since 2017. So we are very lucky to be able to actually uh, have this and and read what is actually happening in those Latin chants. It's, you mentioned the exorcist earlier on, right? Mm Mm-hmm. As I'm kind of outlining what the stages are of an exorcism, and I'll read a little bit from the 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 tome as well. Yes, I'll read please. a little bit from of exorcisms and certain. This is how you get deadites, but go on. It <laughs> <laughs> isn't it. <Come laughs> um, but it it brings home to me even more so just what a brilliantly researched bit of work that film is because mm. you know that that last forty five minutes when the exorcism is taking place, it is lifted right out of this text. Incredible. They nail it. Um, so uh, the book outlines 12 stages of, uh, you know, determining whether an exorcism is indicated, uh, the type of person, the type of priest who should be, you know, who should be performing it. I'll go from the top, right? First, you need okay. authorization. So authorization is the first step. The priest has to have explicit permission from his bishop. Okay. And that authorization ensures that priest is properly trained and understands the 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 kind of the gravity of the right the spiritual significance of what he's going to mm. do okay mm-hmm. that for, uh, followed followed that is uh, stage two which is investigation so the priest must conduct uh, an investigation to discern whether it is indeed a supernatural disturbance mm-hmm. and this is where you consult with mental health professionals obviously sure to rule out any medical <laughs> causes for the, for right. the fuckery right mm-hmm. um. Following that, uh, a phase of preparation. So the priest has to participate in kind of long periods of prayer, fasting, mm. just spiritual fortification, uh, okay. which is considered, you know, absolutely crucial for it to work. Mm. Um, you then, we then go into liturgical vestments. So the priest has to wear the right kind of kit. You know what I mean? You got, you don't just turn up in your fucking, in your, in your joggers. <laughs> your heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <With> like spaghetti <laughs> sauce right. on your t-shirt. Um, uh, but no, you've got to wear the right shit. Uh, so the sacred nature, the sacred, you know, the right authority of the church. You've then got to clear a liturgical space. If you can, ideally, you want to get the victim into a church, right? Okay. But obviously, that's not always possible. So you've got sure. to make the right, you've got to get the vibes right. Mm, you feng shui that shit. Get a, get a Yankee candle. You can get one. Mm. Do you know, you can get a Yankee candle with angel's wings scent. Oh, well, that's got to that's got to do it. I was oh, going to say I go for, you know, a clean cotton when I get my Yankee candle on. But that beautiful. There you go. But no fact. There's a, there's a Yankee candle uh, called Angel's Wings, which strikes me that they pulled a blinder there because you can't return that. Can you if if you get one? That, this that doesn't says, smell oh, like proper angels. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, orange peel. All right. Fine. That's that's, yep. you know, anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> then uh, liturgical prayers, of course, invocations of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, uh, the litany of the saints, seeking, just seeking that divine assistance and protection. And then it's on to the interrogations and commands. Mm-hmm. You address that possessing entity directly using prayers of command and interrogation, using authoritative nice. and powerful language. Yes, The power of Christ compels you. Exactly this. Mm. Uh, followed by uh, blessings and sprinklings of holy water, um, you know, reciting uh, passages of sacred scripture from the Bible, those that emphasize the authority of Christ over the evil spirits. Get out, get the fuck out of there. 
Um, I would like to know, like, what's the consequences if you don't follow this? And instead, like, you know, the the demon is like, your mother sucks cocks in hell. And you're like, no, your mom. Like, you're like, what happens if you just. She doesn't. No, she does not. <laughs> not my mom. <laughs> well, I, again, I, 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 you, I may refer to that in a bit when I quote directly okay. from the book, because Beautiful. after the sacred scriptures, you, it's then all about renunciation and repentance. So the mm. victim, the person you're being exercised, the exorcy, if you will, okay. will be uh, asked to renounce any involvement with evil or sin and focus on repentance and turning towards God. And then assuming it's all gone well, assuming it's been a good one, uh, you conclude with prayers of thanksgiving, uh, invoke the intercession of the saints. Mm. And then finally, again, in the, the the update, the updated version, it's then the priest uh, provides ongoing pastoral care and support ah. for the individual. Nice. Uh, yeah. We're talking, you know, counseling. It's not going to just love them and leave them. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Aftercare. A little cuddle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> something, something pleasant. Um, yeah. So what I'm going to do now. Sorry, I, just, if you'll... <laughs> I wish we didn't just sexualize the exorcism. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Los sexorcista. <laughs> All right. So. Um, I'm going to I'm going to read from the uh, the prologue, the preliminary instructions. Right. Mm. So this is a direct quote from uh, of exorcisms and certain supplications. A priest, one who is expressly and in special wise authorized by the ordinary when he intends to perform an exorcism of a person's tormented by the devil must be properly distinguished for his piety, prudence and integrity of life. Uh, okay? I was really hoping for Moreover, a third piece. Ah, I know they missed a trick there. I'm a, I'm a sucker for alliteration. Yep. Uh, rule of thirds. Moreover, <laughs> he ought to be of mature years and revered okay. not alone for his office, but for his moral qualities. Mm, like Think Russell Crowe. <laughs> I was thinking more Max <laughs> We went and completely different Caesar, directions with did, that. We did. You went Men in Black meets the Devil, didn't you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. So that's, that's you know, uh, some words there on the, the kind of priest that we want. I'm going to go to... to uh, section three of the uh, of the prologue here. Especially, he should not believe too readily that a person is possessed by evil spirit, but he ought to ascertain the signs by which a person possessed can be distinguished from one who is suffering from melancholy or melancholy. some other illness. Was this signs the '90s update? They went with melancholy. Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the vapors, uh, the the right. humors of the body aren't mm-hmm. quite aligned in this one. Yeah. Um, but here we go. You, you use the cool bits. Signs of possession are among the following. Ability to speak with some facility in a strange tongue or to understand it when spoken by another. Okay. The faculty of divulging future and hidden events. Ooh. Touch of the prophecies. Indeed. Display of powers which are beyond the subject's age and natural condition and various other indications which, when taken together as a whole, build up the evidence. Yeah? Are they speaking French? Can they float? Are they fucking vomiting at you? That kind of thing. <laughs> Did they pick the lottery numbers ahead of time? Exactly, exactly. Um, in which case, keep the demon. A... It's fine. <laughs> yeah, really, I'll pay him <laughs> off. We'll party. You know, we'll, yeah, we'll right? get some coke. We'll go to Vegas. Um, <laughs> uh, now, on the demon themselves, right? On mm. the possession itself. Um, let me see here. Yes, yes, yes. Once in a while, after the demon has been recognized, they can conceal themselves and leave the body practically free from every molestation so that the victim believes himself completely delivered. 
Oh, yet the exorcist just may out not there. exactly. Uh, I, I'm fine now. <laughs> no, the exorcist may not desist until he sees the signs of deliverance. Oh, tell me, very tell me. cool. Now he ought to have a crucifix at hand or somewhere in sight. Of course, that's come basic. on. I mean, yeah. for fuck, if it's you turn up shit. without a crucifix, like what are you even doing? Hit the fucking bricks and send the real guy in. <laughs> I wanted the organ grinder, not the monkey, pal. Get the fuck out of here. Um. If relics of the saints are available, they are to be applied in a reverent way to the breast or the head of the person possessed. Okay. One will see to it that these sacred objects are not treated improperly or that no injury is done them by the evil spirit. Ooh, it's a lot of pressure. However, yes, one should not hold the Holy Eucharist over the head of the person nor in any way apply it to his body owing to the danger of desecration. You're going to get fluids. Yeah, you're going to gonna... get demon goop all over your crucifix. Exactly. All over your brand new Bible. Uh <laughs> Purchased from Gibson's Books. <laughs> now, nice. Twenty percent off. Is, code code Joag. Just, just called Joag at checkout. <laughs> now, this is this. I love this one. Right. Um. Uh, let the priest pronounce the exorcism in a commanding and authoritative voice, and at the same time with great confidence, humility, and fervor. And when he sees that the spirit is sorely vexed, then he oppresses and threatens all the more. Yeah. If he notices that the person afflicted is experiencing a disturbance in some part of his body or an acute pain or a swelling appears in some part, he traces the sign of the cross over that place and sprinkles it with holy water, which he must have at hand for this purpose. Nice. So if the head is twisting, if the throat mm -hmm. is bulging, if there's just... levitation going on. Salt bay him with that holy water. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and the final bit I want to quote for. He will pay attention as to what words in particular cause the evil spirits to tremble, repeating them the more frequently. Ooh, nice. Yeah. And when he comes to a threatening expression, he recurs to it again and again, always increasing the punishment. If he perceives that he's making progress, let him persist for two, three, four hours and longer if he can until Ooh. victory is attained. Exhausting. I think that's badass. Yeah, well, listen, like, describing the exorcism ritual is so much more metal than, like, like watching it, you know? Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. the exorcist yeah, is great. Yeah, sure. Like, it's scary, all that kind of stuff. But, like, when you describe this, like, I... That all sounds so intense and, like, very cool. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I almost wish I... Thought it wasn't all yeah, bullshit. Right. It's like you get why people believe that because like that's oh, yeah. cool as shit, you know, yeah. especially because it's like that's one of the things with Christians is like Christians love to think they're oppressed. Right. And it's mm. like, you know, if if a person's not going to oppress you, how about Satan doing it? And so like the idea like you're a Christian and you need to be like fighting some sort of spiritual battle is like some demon yes. in you and you get to like command it with like be you know with a commanding voice but full of humility and also like you know all these kinds of like things yeah. are like super appealing to think all that of, you all can of those, do all of those stages were present in the exorcist i'm so oh, fucking yeah, impressed absolutely. with how well researched that was man Just yeah 100 so percent mm. uh so all of that is like fascinating and obviously the thing at the root of this is like this is a heavy catholic right that has been around for centuries you know mm. this whole process is a thing that um you know they've i was gonna say honed but like really not honed it's just the one nah, thing until they added one update <laughs> stuck with like, it yeah they they stuck with hey. it you know if it ain't broke don't fix it or whatever exactly until it was clearly you know it might be kind of broken um but here's the thing the boom in what we what we would call exorcisms 
even though it's specifically a right of the Catholic Church that you've just discussed, is in large part because of, like I said, the growth of Pentecostalism, particularly in the I developing see. world and people who have mm. emigrated from such places. And in Pentecostalism, you don't have to, like, you know, have the trained guy sanctioned by the Pope or whatever. Oh, no, really? Yeah. So depending on the denomination or even your specific church's beliefs, it could just be any pastor or even a lay person who just is in the church. Like a citizen's uh, exorcism. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's a citizen's arrest of demons. <laughs> and these are big theatrical and very spontaneous rituals when performed in Pentecostalism, which can lead to some sketchy shit, like a pastor in South Africa who kissed a young girl to expunge a demon from her mouth, oh, for example. No. And indeed, it's how totally fucking sideways these things can go that makes exorcism more than just a silly or very metal little tradition that the Christians mm. get up to. And in fact, makes the pro process deeply dangerous on multiple levels. For example, in January of 2020, a group of indigenous people in Panama were rounded up by lay preachers, then, according to the Associated Press, tortured, beaten, burned, and hacked with machetes to make them mm. repent of their sins, a particularly brutal form of exorcism. Five children, one only a year old, their pregnant mother, and a 17-year-old girl were killed in this exorcism. And to be clear, this is like- See, That a, doesn't sound like exorcism at all to me. That's right. murder. This is it. Yeah, this is just murder. But this was like kind of like, basically like a fringe cult uh, that lived down there and they were like indigenous yep. people are evil uh and this is how we're going to exercise the demons from them through torture essentially um in the fall of 2021 three-year-old areli naomi proctor died after her family performed an, ex an exorcism on her at the iglesia apostales y profetas in san jose california according to areli's mother she would wake up and scream or cry periodically which is obviously just what kids are like. Uh, Look, that was, that. yeah, right? I mean, you know, bad day. Listen, last week, uh, Laura tells me that in the middle of the night, I sat up in bed and grabbed hold of the light fitting above us. Uh, and then what? Did you just let go? And then she let go, lay back down. I would have been hacked. You would have been, yeah, you would have been hacked in an instant. Let's be real. <laughs> but uh, so... This family became convinced that it was a demon causing the problem of this girl waking up and screaming. Uh, so they took her to the church where her grandfather was the pastor. And the mother repeatedly stuck her finger down the girl's throat to get her to vomit. Oh, man. She was described as falling asleep several times while her mother pushed down on her throat with her hands. Once Arlie died, they waited two hours to call 911. And the grandfather told the news, quote, if you read the Bible, you'll see that Jesus casts away demons and made sick people healthy again. It's not when I when I want to do it, it's when God in his will wants to heal the person. The preacher is like an instrument of God. What we do is what God says. Which is an insane thing to say after you've just killed your grandchild. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Good grief. And like, listen, you can see why in places like parts of Mexico that are overrun by cartels and desperate for a way to stop the violence, like people seek out exorcism there as a way to get whatever brutal demon that is causing all this out. A Mexican priest and exorcist, Father Carlos Triana said, we believe that behind all these big and structural evils, there is a dark agent and his name is the demon. 
That is why the Lord wants to have here a ministry of exorcism and liberation for the fight against the devil. For Triana, the devil was behind Hitler's reign of terror, and he's behind that of the cartels. It's misguided, but also when you're dealing with so much gruesome violence all the time, you kind of just find comfort where you can and tell yourself there's some way you can get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you one more. In 1974, Michael and Christine Taylor of West Yorkshire, England, started attending a group called the Gauber Christian Fellowship. Saying that G-A-W-B-E-R? G-A-W, Gauber. So we're saying the same thing, just in different accents. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Gauber. <laughs> Oh, is that how that feels? That's how, yeah, that's that's what it's like. Ooh. Ooh. Is it, did it hurt? Did it sting a little? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Pentecostal as fuck. The church was into all the Holy Spirit stuff, and Michael got on board with the speaking in tongues and Bible studies and all that, to the point where his wife was like, you're spending too much time with the female pastor here and clearly have a thing for her. And she said this kind of publicly, like at like a Bible study situation. This caused him to tell the pastor, Marie, his feelings, which, of course, were rejected. And he flew off the handle, screaming and hitting Marie. And instead of recognizing they were dealing with an unhinged man with some mental issues who couldn't handle such an affront to his masculinity, they decided he needed an exorcism. So they gave him one and claimed that they totes chased out 40 demons from the guy. But three remained. Three. What an arbitrary fucking number that is. <laughs> well, three associated with murder, violence, and insanity. Uh, the worst ones. Which is naturally why a few hours post-exorcism, Michael was found wandering the streets, naked and covered in blood, shouting about the devil. When they went back to his house, Christine was found with her face torn off, her eyes gouged out, and her tongue ripped from her mouth. Chunks of her splattered across the wall. He'd also strangled the family dog and ripped its limbs from its body. Oh, now the dog did nothing. <laughs> Neither did Christine. Oh, yeah, obviously, obviously, <laughs> obviously. But... Uh, she was the person who was like, things are going wrong here. Uh, mm. We need to do something about it. Uh, yeah, and the dog was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And this guy clearly, the exorcism didn't work. Turns out wasn't a demon. He just had problems um and like you know to sort of bring this back to like our horror things and all that kind of stuff like this is why movies like the conjuring series and others that use rip from the headline stories are so fucking galling because they use real life stories of people who are like sick or mentally ill or whatever and then give legitimacy to the idea that like it was totally demons which then perpetuates the idea that like, well, maybe my friend or relative who's been acting kind of weird has a demon and we should exercise it, which is becoming more popular. And that can be violent and deadly at worst, but at best it's also just like traumatizing someone who has a very normal earth issue and that they Mm. should probably just be going to a a doctor or therapist for. Mm. So yeah, exorcism, uh, very metal, very dangerous. And uh alarmingly growing yeah in popularity yeah exactly uh yeah it's not great incredible <laughs> not a thing that we no. want to keep happening listen if 
you know, if you haven't got the point by now over the last God knows how many episodes of Jack of All Graves, man, people be making up shit mm. to fucking justify their horrible, horrible, horrible behaviors and desires. Yeah. And, and like, think about that. Like when this was developed, you know, when you're talking about like the 1600s or whatever, you 1400, whatever it was that you said that they 1600s, yeah, 1600s, 1600s. like they didn't have reasons for all of this stuff. So like this was their best guess, you know, yeah, along yeah, yeah. with the humors and all of that kind of stuff. But like it's 20 and 24. Yep. We understand why this shit happens. Yeah. I mean, it's something I'm fond of saying. I mean, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure God had its place for a while, you know right. what I mean? When we didn't know what fucking lightning was or whatever. Yeah. Why are but... there stars? Exactly. <laughs> but fuck me, man. It's 2024. Right. If Look, if you want to go a murdering, go just, to it. You know, just do just it. Don't blame God it. and Satan. But don't fucking try and pull the wool over our eyes. <laughs> Not on Jack of all graves. Anyway. Not this on is the this podcast. podcast. Bad bitches only. That's right. <laughs> so listen, a couple of a uh, couple of things to think on over the coming week. Have you mm. seen Bigfoot? Um, mm-hmm. Do you think there's a place for AI generated fucking art mm. in inserted into movies? Have we got it wrong? Uh, who who made the Predator costume? Ooh, yep. And stay spooky. All that. <laughs>